I have a mute button on the whole time. Sal, are you there? Oops, you dropped. Okay. Uh, my apologies. I've had the mute button on, so I'm going to bring Sal into the queue here. Welcome to the show, Sal. Oh, hi, Sharon. I've been having audio difficulties. Yeah, you know what? I had my mute button on. Oh, so I was going through the... I was going through the whole short short track news and then realized I had the mute button on. The uh, SRL Southwest tour uh, this weekend, I already, well, nobody heard it. I did congratulations for all of the uh, champions, but nobody heard it. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah, so anyways, we had our um, uh, October 35th annual October Classic this weekend at uh, – at Kern County Raceway for the SRL Southwest mm-hmm. Tour. We crowned three champions, um, two Rookie of the Years. And actually, to start off with the Modified Series, um, Travis Thurkettle went undefeated this year, uh, won, every, won every race, and also won the championship in the Modified Series. So congratulations to Travis Thurkettle on that. Yeah, and then wow, we had Minnie fantastic. White. And then we had Lenny White, who um, won his championship in the Pro League. He lost the last two races. Uh, we talked about the last one last Monday night. He lost to Trevor Huddleston at Orendale. And then his teammate, Sean Woodside, uh, ended up getting the win. But um, Lenny ended up with the, uh, with the championship. So congratulations to Lenny White. And Clay Wooster and uh, um, Tim Speed and the Apache Rental Group on that championship. And then in the super late, we had a uh, we had a good battle between um, uh, Buddy Shepard and um, Blaine Rocha. Had a good battle going on, and then with uh, five laps to go, Blaine was out in front. He had the race basically won, and cut a cut a right rear or right front tire. He got a puncture in it. And ended his day and ended his um, bid for the win. He had that's the bad luck trying to win one of these races. And uh, so, in, anyway, Buddy Shepard ended up with the win. So, congratulations to Buddy Shepard on the win. And uh, uh, Jacob Gomes ended up, this is his third championship, SRL Southwest mm-hmm. Championship. And actually, he went back to back. He won the championship um, last year, too. So, uh, that's uh, actually Derek Thorne Racing, uh, one of his teams. So uh, congratulations, Derek, on the yeah on, on getting the championship and um, and so, that's basically in a nutshell. That's, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we're running so right anyway, now on time. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, so anyway, so that's what I said. So in a nutshell, that's um, that's what happened with the SRL Southwest Tour until until next year. Okay. Now, I've sent you the uh, post-race notes for the Arkham and Art Series West. Uh, I've already done the, the top uh, piece there. But I do want to mention that if you want to know what's happening in the short track world, there's Racing America, Flow Racing, short track scene as well as the SRL com website so check that out uh, but let's go ahead and continue with our uh, 
review of the ARCA West race out at the bull ring. Start with with item number two, Sal, if you're there. If okay. not, I'll do it. Yeah, I got it. So um, uh, Hingarani dominated the race, leading 124 of the races first, 125 laps, winning the general tire pole award and qualifying under caution for Mariah Bourdais' spin off of turn four. Flames started to boil from the front right front brake caliper, eventually forcing ARC officials to bring the number 15 Toyota to a stop to extinguish the flames. Ingarani would try to continue, but brake issues would force him to the pits, dropping him to 16th at the finish. Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate for Sean Hingarani. Uh, but but very, uh, it was an interesting turn of events for Dylan Capello. Um, also, Trevor Huddleston gained significant ground in the race for the Arkham Menard Series West Championship, closing the point gap between himself and leader Sean Hingarani to just 24 points with two more races remaining. Yes, that's going to be exciting with uh, Madeira coming up this weekend. And then, of course, we know that their last race is going to be at Phoenix. And with that, then we yep. let Tanner Rice finish third for the second consecutive race, his fifth top five finish of 2023. And Tyler Rice finished fourth, can close close to within 25 points of the series points lead with those two races remaining. And then there, from there we go to Eric Nascimento, finished fifth, his fourth top five finish in his last five starts. And Kyle Keller finished in sixth place with Robbie Keneally uh, finishing in eighth, giving both of the two Keller Keneally Motorsports drivers top ten finishes. So that was really great for those guys. Yeah, and then um, Todd Sousa finished seventh to give his Central Coast racing team two top ten finishes in the same race for the second time. He and teammate Tyler Reif also both finished in the top ten at Evergreen Speedway. Caden Honeycutt, he started at the tail of the field after engine issues in practice didn't allow him to make a qualifying attempt. He knocked his way through the field quickly and reached the top five within the first 50 laps, but then he faded to the ninth place at the finish. And R.J. Smotherman finished 10th to earn his second consecutive top 10 finish in the John Wood-owned number 38 Toyota. And Bradley Erickson's night ended early. He had mechanical issues that forced him out of the race with just 41 laps in the books. Erickson ended up finishing last in the 21-car field and dropping him from fourth to fifth in the Arkham and Art Series West Championship standings. And then the Arkham and Art Series West is back in action on Saturday night. At Madera Speedway in the 5150 Junior Homecoming ARCA 150, presented by the West Coast Hall of Fame. The race will be streamed live on Flow Racing starting at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Time. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, so we went through the um, um, post-race notes there. There, the Arkham. This is the only series on the Marka, Arca platform uh, that is still racing. Uh, do you want to go ahead and cover the points now for the Arca West? They've got two more races, yeah. and then Arca's done for this season. Yeah. So for the points, 
Uh, let me see where are we at here. Uh, west. Yeah, we want the west. Wow, you know what? It's showing. I have it I showing know. Trevor at 37. Yeah, it's not right. They still haven't updated them. Yeah, yeah they haven't updated, updated them. them. Okay, so we'll have to wait on that to find out what the final standings are. But uh, uh, we've given you pretty much the uh, uh, rundown there. The Reese sweet move of the race uh, about for Dylan Capello's uh, big win in Las Vegas, uh, that's available over at ARCARacing.com as well as the complete results. And they have highlights, video highlights of the race from the Bullring in Las Vegas. And uh, uh, the next race, uh, Sal gave it to you when that next race is. So uh, definitely uh, keep your eyes uh, tuned in uh, to ARCAracing.com for what's happening in the West, because this one is getting to be a tight tight run. (laughs) Oh, yes. And, you know, and then especially with Dylan picking up the win, um, you know, with him being the – this is his first start in the Arc of an Art series. And then, you know, to to get the win at uh and then um I'm sure Sharon probably shared with you that who that Dylan is the car chief for um Zane Smith with yeah. uh, Front Row Motorsports. Yeah. So um uh he's been around for a long time. He's got he's got three um Lucas Oil Lucas Oil modified series championships. He's a he's a really good Really good racer who's been around a long time, goes from a really good family. And uh, just a little note on the Tanner and the Tanner and Trevor Huddleston deal. I talked with uh, Tim Huddleston at the track airstand. He said that Tanner was Trevor was really excited. You know that him and Tanner, you know, there was no bad blood between you know, the way they raced, but they were real happy up there and wanted to race as hard as they were, yeah. and, you know, and get the finishes they did. So. He said, um, you know, they're both looking forward to going to Madeira, you know, and, and you know, and and, uh, and battle it out, you know, uh, for the championship. So it's going to oh, be a good okay. run. Um, it's going to be a good race. It seems like it seems like King Ronnie has lost his mojo because his last yeah, three races it seems have that been. way. That was a bad luck situation, though, with that with the brake caliper. So. Um, that set him back a little bit. Hopefully, he won't have that type of an issue in these next two races. Exactly. So um, it's going to be exciting. Phoenix is going to be uh, depending on what happens in Madeira this weekend. But Phoenix is going to be a big race because you know you're going to have a lot of a lot of drivers, and the more drivers they have, oh, yeah. the more points that are going to be up for up for grabs. So um, uh, this championship could take a to take a big swing after Madeira this weekend. Madeira is a short track. It's known for a lot of bumping and banging. It's known for drivers getting upset. It's known for fights in the pits, and it's known for drivers being put in the wall. And and uh, it's, it's short. It's going to be a short. It's going to be a short track. Uh, definitely one to watch if you have Flow TV. You definitely want to turn in and watch and watch. Tune in and watch this race because the championship is not decided yet. Well, did you hear about the uh, Winchester 400? We're going to be probably talking about it on uh, Hot Topics tonight. Yes. Actually, uh, that was one of the topics yesterday when, I was at the, when we were at the, um, at, the uh, at Kern, you know, after the, um, 
actually the Winchester was run before we ran our championship race, so I, I was able to watch some of it. But um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm really good friends with Nassie, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a, it's a bad deal. You know what happened? Um, you know, um, I texted him. His dad's doing good. His dad was the one that got hit by the car. Oh, my God, I wondered who that was. Yeah. Yeah, it was Nassie's dad, but he said his dad's doing good. And um, you know what? Um, Just like his, what he said, you know, Gio really needs to watch himself the next few races. And the next race that's coming up is the All-American 400 at the end of the month Mm -hmm. in Nashville. And Gio Gio Rogero will be there. And actually, Stephen Nassie was the winner last year's um, All-American 400 champion. He was the the winner last year, so he says that. Um, for those of you that don't know Stephen Nassie, he, on one side of his car, he's got Classy Nassie, and on the other side of the car, it says Nasty Nassie. And <laughs> talking with him, he says, that's the way I race. He goes, you race me clean? He goes, I will be Classy Nassie. He goes, you race me dirty? He goes, I'll be Nasty Nassie. He has shirts yeah, made with well, the same logo sense. on it, Nasty. But um, I'll tell you, the guy's a wheel man. He's good. He's aggressive, and um, and he's a fighter. Um, and he backs up. He backs up everything that he says on the track behind the wheel. And if he needs to, he'll get out of the car. And, and he's not afraid. He's not afraid to throw punches. So um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm trying my hardest to get out there to the All American 400. I mean, I'm really, yeah. really, really trying, especially especially after what happened. Um, not right. only that, but Derek, Derek Thorne's racing. Derek Thorne's racing at the All-American 400, too. So but, oh, good. Um, I'm going over there to support, to support my boy, Steven. Steven's a great guy. You know, I spend time with him when we go to the Derby, and um, he's, he's just um, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, well, we were saying, well, we'll talk about it on Hot Topics, but my opinion, uh, just as a preview, is I think he should be suspended. But we'll see what happens. Well, I think, the, I think the win should be disqualified and he should be suspended. You know, uh, Rogerio, what he did was wrong. He mm-hmm. raced him hard, you know what? But, but I mean, you know what? And that's just the way racing is back east. You know what? Um, as far as the suspension, I think... Well, what I'm saying is when he did that spin out and hit Nassie's dad, that's uncalled for. Yeah, but you know what? Nassie's dad should have never went out on a a hot track. Yeah. They were done done racing, but Nassie's dad shouldn't have went out on the track. And and then with Rogerio, with the way what what Nassie did, Nassie had him blocked. Rogerio was just trying to get out of the way to go celebrate. And he didn't know that that Nasty's dad was on the track. It's like, you know, when we we talked about it at the at the race, and I asked Derek and asked a few other drivers. I go, when, when you're coming around and making a right turn, he goes, you you can't see what's behind you or what's on the side of you. He said, so he goes, okay. when he when he well, when he was trying to get around, he didn't know. Be, but and then at the same run, Nasty's dad should have won. Yeah. I was just going to say it'd be great if you could be on Hot Topics with us tonight to go into all of that because that's one of the ones that we've got on the list. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, 
like I said, um, you know, I, I do a lot of short track stuff. You know, I, we're, we're photographers are the first ones to run out there, but we always wait for the, for the track to go red. You know, before right. we get out there, the track was still, the track was still, the light was still yellow. And, and that's mm-hmm. dad was, he was running after Rogerio, you know, to go get, to go get Gio for, you know, for what had happened. So, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just, a, it's just a bad, it, it was, it's, it's a bad deal all the way around, but you know, that's racing back each, you know what, and, and you got to expect it, you know, and I, but I agree with you, something should be done with Gio. Um, Donnie Wilson really needs to put that kid under wraps and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he needs to, he really needs to talk to that kid and, and teach that kid, you know, what that, you know, but like Steven said, after the race too, you know, I, I would have raced in the, I probably would have raced in the same way, but I would have raced him a lot cleaner. He goes, but these kids nowadays, they just, that's, that's how they're brought up. And unfortunately, Donnie Wilson has a reputation of teaching his drivers to race like that. So I, I do put a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of blame on, on, on the, on the team owner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to have to move on to the, uh, Craftsman truck series. They are not, they did not race this past weekend, but they are going to race this coming weekend, uh, at Homestead Miami Speedway. So there's, we'll preview that race on Thursday, but just know that uh, they do have a race coming up, and uh, it's going to be an exciting race. Uh, but there's a lot of news that's coming out of the uh, uh, truck series as well. Corey Himes going to return to Tricon in 2024. That's one big headline that came out today. Yeah, that's 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 really exciting. There there there's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on with the truck series, you know, just you know, as well as with the um as well as with the uh with Infinity too, so um mm-hmm. and, and we're not even Andretti's done we're not even done with season yet. I know. Marco Andretti's gonna drive for Spire in the truck series at Homestead in Phoenix and Matt Mills joins Neat Motorsports for a time in twenty twenty four. Yeah, he's he's taking over. Uh, I think he's taking over um, uh, both of ours. Yes, yes, and Carson taking over you know, already. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be driving the seventy-seven for Spire Motorsports next season. So Matt Mills uh, fills his seat at Nice Motorsports, and so but there's a lot of news coming out of the truck series. I'm looking forward to this race that's coming up at Homestead. They're also talking about Frankie Munoz possibly coming to the possibly coming to the okay. truck series next year too, next season. Okay. For you know, for a few races. Okay. Um, I will say that uh, uh, there is just a lot. Uh, the schedules came out for the truck series and the Infinity and the Cup series. So those are all out now, which is really good news. We now know what the schedule is going to look like. Did you have any thoughts there, Sal? No, not really. I mean, it's just, you know, not really much. Um, just going to wait, you know, until the season starts, you know, and, and, you know, see where, you know, 
for drivers end up. I mean, you know, there's like you said, you know, there's a lot of talk, you know, about the truck series, Xfinity and Cup, you know, and um, you know, a lot of stuff coming out from out here from Auto Club Speedway too. So, um, you know, it's just, I guess, the best thing is just wait and see, you know, and you know, I mean, we already got the schedule out, which is nice, you know, so yeah. you know, the fans can start planning the, you know, races they want to attend. You know, and it, you know, and it gives you know the the teams, you know, you know, time, you know, to to start to prepare. So, um, oh, okay, it could be an prime. Well, hopefully, another exciting go, season. Yeah, exactly. What I think I'm going to do then, Sal, is the interview from Riley is about 18, just a little over 18 minutes. Uh, let's go ahead and play that, and then you and I can talk about it. But before we do that. I know you know Riley. Uh, what were your thoughts about his victory this weekend at his home track? You know what? It was it, it was he really needed it. I mean, talking with him last week, you know, when he said, you know, he signed back with um, Stuart Haas Racing to race Xfinity mm-hmm. again next season, you know. But he goes, you know what? He goes, I I need a win. You know, he goes, I want to win. He goes, I'm you know, I I won at Irondale. You know, and um, you know, I and he goes, I I, I need a win. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been in the series long. You know, and he finally got it. And then to get in front of the hometown crowd, you know, the way yeah. he did, the way he celebrated, you know, and everything he, he said, said he you had know, sixty people you know. there. Yeah, and then plus, you know, everybody that that doubted him, you know, said he couldn't do it. Exactly. Well, listen you know, said to he would never win. Yeah, exactly. Listen to his post-race interview. Uh, I thought he did a really good job in his post-race interview. So take a listen to what he had to say.
Tahoe. All you guys are laughing, huh? Yeah, Riley Hurst, 100th win for Stuart Haas Racing. So that will uh, that will be in the history books. Um, like I said, I'm so grateful for everybody at that organization. Um, through all the ups and downs, they've been behind me, and um, I love it. So you just mentioned it. It's in the history book. So not only is this your first career win, but you've got them 100. Like, that's your name. Like, how does that feel? Or do you have to, is that something that you're going to be better answered on Monday or something? I don't know. It's cool. Um, like I said, I, I'm just over the moon here. Uh, I've worked so hard just to be in the sport to, to try to prove myself and just to continue to stay. And then when you miss the playoffs and this caliber of equipment, um, albeit Coochie change, tracks, whatever it is, you still miss the playoffs. That's what it boiled down to. Um, that was a huge failure in my book. Um, but I, I walked in the garage with your head down every race weekend just being embarrassed. But my guys, Gavin and the 98 team, had faith in me, and they told me we were going to win before this year's out, and, and we did. So um, I'm just so in debt to all those guys. Uh, second question. Yeah, I asked you a couple weeks or a few weeks ago before maybe announcement of what you're doing next year, but all the questions of are you going to go to Cup, what are you going to do, and you said you don't want to go to Cup, you want to win an Xfinity first, that's your top priority. Yep. That box chest. What? What's that? Well, I signed my contract for Garage Racing Xfinity Series next year. Um, and even after today, I'm not where I want to be. I don't think I can strap up with the best of them on Sunday and try to go win races. Um, I, I can go to the garage and go run mid-20s to 30s in a cup car, but I don't know. That's not really what I want to do for the rest of my life, to be honest with you. So I want to be the best I can be, um, hold my craft, and when I feel like I'm to the caliber of cup drivers and when people around me feel like I'm to the caliber of the best guys on Sunday, I feel like we'll make that jump. Can we go next to Michael Matthews? I see French stretch. Uh, you talk about the Cup side, but you know, a few weeks ago, you almost won that race at Talladega. You were in the picture there at Talladega. Um, you, you, did, you ran well in the races you did. Did those boost your confidence at all to where, you know, you can, you can do this at Xfinity? If you can almost do it in Cup, you could definitely get the job done in Xfinity. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a kind of, well, a little bit two questions there. I like I said, I, I knew I could do this in the Xfinity Series um, if everything happened correctly, um, and, and that happened today. And with the Cup race, I was so fortunate to get that opportunity the, the four races this year, and I truthfully felt like I made the most of those opportunities with two top tens out of them, but on the flip side of the coin, those are plate tracks. Um, it's not coming here to the mile and a half in a Cup car, which is a totally different animal. So um, hopefully I get some more opportunities on different types of tracks next year and sign there. Um, hopefully we can go battle for a championship next year, and hopefully this win will take us to Phoenix next year. Front, all the way to go to the left. Congratulations, Riley, Sharon from Fans for Racing. And um, I'm wondering if there was a pivotal moment at SHR that you knew things were turning around and this was coming. We've seen it coming for a while. But was there a pivotal moment for you? Uh, there was a there was a bunch of pivotal moments, um, a lot of grounding moments, a lot of hard discussions with um, Kevin Harvick, with my old crew chief Richard Boswell, um, and then right when I thought the the train was rolling in the right direction, and being as close as I ever was to win a race, um, my crew chief was got promoted to the Cup Series, 
um, and, and I felt like it was just, just over. I was really down on myself and um, just kind of gave up. And then this guy named Gavin came down from the cup side and, and told me we were going to go win races in our first race. We finished second at Nashville. And um, from there on out, I, I knew um, life was back in me, back in the 98 team. And um, Gavin's just been just been a savior to, to me and my family and, and the 98 team to get us to victory lane. All right. So my second question is, how much has it meant to you to have Cole Custer as a teammate this year? You guys have been racing forever, <laughs> and now you're teammates by Stuart Haas Racing. The rising tides raise all ships. So um, when Cole came over, I, I knew it was going to have to elevate me to the best of my ability, and I felt like it did the first six, seven races in the Xfinity Series this year. Um, we were the points leader at Richmond, um, and then the wheels just kind of fell off of our season. So um, yesterday I thought Cole was the best car in practice. I really studied his data, talked to him a little bit, and uh, I think Davin made tremendous adjustments overnight and throughout the race to, to get us to a race-winning car, and um, we ended up just going. Campbell here with uh, 790 at Houston. Uh, what can you say about how the tires kind of fell off? It was a majority green flag type of race, but was it sort of a calm, tame type of race for you? Or was how was was there any like sort of uh, worry about the? Uh, I I mean the tires fell off like uh. Typically here at Las Vegas, just um, one and two get shaded as the race goes on, so you tend to get a little bit tighter over down there, and the sun beats down on three and four, so you get loose over there, and then the balance of maintaining your car between both ends, and uh, just you lose grip as you run, and I think we ran a 50-lap run there at the end, so we were all kind of slipping, sliding around, and uh, just hanging on. What are you drinking tonight, by the way? Uh, probably some Beast, probably, and about midnight, and we're going to go to just Vodka Monster. Um, here in the middle back, uh, crystalclayracingrefresh.com. Um, we saw you embrace your mother and shed a few tears, so I just wanted to know if you had any thoughts about or what your thought process was while you were actually shedding those tears and if she shared any words of encouragement, any words at all at that moment. I mean, yeah, when you're in your darkest days, there's nobody around you besides your mom, um, and that's her job, and she was the best at it. There was many times when um, getting emotional now, but there's many times when you just don't know um, and she's the only one there to, to pick you up and um, I wouldn't be here without her. Come over here to the far right. You know, the Rebel Report. Riley, how many friends and family members did you have out here witnessing your first NASCAR Xfinity Series win at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway? We had 60. Um, some in the suite upstairs and then uh, we had about 20 in the Blackjack Club right above us. Um, and then probably about 10 or so down on the pit box. So um, big family affair, friends, some executives from Monster were here. So all in all, just really good timing for everything. I want to ask you about your city, Las Vegas. I mean, it's growing exponentially in the sports department. We see the Raiders, Golden Knights, the Formula One weekend. What is your take on all of this? It's awesome. Uh, this city is, has given my family everything from my great-grandfather down to me. So um, just to be embraced by the fans on the front straightaway after winning is, is awesome. And to see this town just grow with sports um, from me to the Bush brothers, to the Raiders, to the Knights winning the cup last year, hopefully an NBA team, MLB team coming soon. So um, it's really cool, and hopefully it keeps growing. Riley, we often see teams after they miss the playoffs kind of just 
stayed in obscurity. How important was it for you for that not to be the case with the 98 team and to go out and show that, hey, even though we're not in the title contention, we can still get this job done in the season? It's pivotal because um, I missed the playoffs during contract negotiations, during sponsor negotiations. So if I were to just go out there and kind of roll over, um, who knows what would have happened. Uh, and now this just helps everything. Winning, winning cures everything. Come up right here to Cole and then back to Bob. Cole Cusimano with the Arizona Public. Feel easy in the car? I guess how was your, your drive today? No, it was kind of a handful. Um, the bumps, I feel like every fall get significantly bigger. Um, you don't really feel them in the springtime. Um, I was so loose down in three and four with the sun. Um, and I was screaming there a little bit in the first stage, but Davin told me everybody's screaming. It's just got to be better than the, the next guy and be extremely disciplined. Um, and so I just kind of shut up and try to be disciplined. On your radio, started thanking people and telling people you love them, like, with the lap to go. And so I'm curious, like, did you – they were like, hey, you still have one more lap. So I'm curious, did you know you still have one more lap, or did you think the race – well, every five laps, my spotter would give me an interval, um, and so I was just dead silent. And then once I took the white, I was like, he told me 15 and a half, and I was like, okay, I, I can I can do four corners as long as if the caution comes out, we're going to win. So that's when I kind of, I knew it was over once the white. Any additional questions? Okay, so pretty much concludes the interview. Uh, your thoughts? You know, it was it was deep to hear the excitement. You know, to hear you know um, all of that. I, I it takes me it takes me back to Urindale when he when he wanted Urindale. You know, he was running late models. He was running the trucks at the same time. You know, he grabbed a win out there. You know, it kind of takes me back to that. You know, the excitement that he had. I remember you know coming in, you know into the pits after and. You know, they, they opened up the pitch, you know, for the fans to come in. You know, they all went in there and congratulated them. But to hear this, you know, and, you know, it's it's been a long, hard road for him. You know, and he spoke about yeah, it. I was so you know, happy You know, and, and then to do it in front of the hometown crowd, you know what, and, you know, he just so, you know, everybody always talks about, you know, kids, you know, that come in and race, you know, their parents have all the money and all that. But you know what? Um, you know, he's put his time in, you know, and, and you know what, and, and, you know, he's not rushing anything like he said. You know what, I'm not ready to run on Sundays. I'm not ready to Isn't run it great? Guys, so I'm going to stay here. You know what, and you don't hear that anymore. He's got I mean, a good I mean head. look at, you know, and, and, you know, he has a good head because, you know, and, and a lot of that is his upbringing, his dad. You know, I mean, his dad's a professional race car driver too he drives the stadium trucks you know mm-hmm. so i mean you know and then you know the upgrade you know going through the program you know with Stuart haas racing you know what and 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 riley's always been that way you know what he's always you know wanted to be the best and he knows that to be the best you know what you you got to prove yourself you know what and, and and you know he's proving himself you know but like he you know but to hear him say you know what i'm not ready for it you know you don't you don't hear guys nowadays. They don't care if they're ready or not. You know what? Put put me in coach. You know, stick me out yep. there. You know, yep. I, I'm 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 ready I'm, to go today. You I'm know, I don't want to so wait. I'm so proud of his interview. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and just everything else, you know, how appreciative he is of it. You know what, he, um, you know, he, you know, the points he had on, you know what, the, you know, people didn't believe in him, you know what, his mom and dad believed in him, you know, and, and shows, you know, how strong, how close his family is. I remember, like I said, real quick, um, his, his dad would go to his races at Urindale, you know, and, and, you know, he, he would come in flying from Vegas, you know, to watch him race, you know, and all this mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's neat, you know what, and even when I've seen him race out here in the West Coast, you know, that I've gone to, you know, I've covered the races, you know, and I've seen Troy, you know, down there, you know, with Luke Riley, you know what, and, you know, and, and um, you know, could, you know, good luck, son, you know, give him a big hug before he gets in the car to buckle up, you know what, and, um, and you know, he's, like I said, it's, it's just, it's all genuine, what you hear is exactly the way he is, you know what, and I'm, I'm just so yeah, excited for him, you know what. You know, I can't wait till I see him next season, you know what, or whenever I see him again, you know what, and, you know, give him a big congratulations, you know what, I send him a text, you know, say congratulations, you know, on the win. And, um, you know, it, and it was, it's just, it's really neat, you know, and uh, the interview was just, it was just genuine, you know, it wasn't the normal winner's interview, it was, it was just different, you know what, and, um, I'm, it was you know, good. It was again. good. I was, I, I was really thrilled with his interview. And, uh, you know, I wrote a little piece about uh, Cole being happy for him, too, because uh, Cole was doing interviews, you know, in the bullpen. And uh, I happened to catch a part of his interview uh, where he talked about Riley. And uh, so I put a piece together. He said he was really happy for him. And uh, I thought, you know, we really got I really want to let people know uh, that Riley has all kinds of support. Uh, and he made people know, too, uh, that not only does he have the support of Cole Custer, but he's got Stuart Haas Racing behind him, too. And he wants to stay there for a long, long time. So uh, I thought Riley did fantastic. And I was so happy for him to get his first win at his home track. That was that was really special. Oh, yeah. You know, and then he said, you know, all the people that he had there, you know, and, you know, that were there to watch him, you know, went into – yeah, you know it's just you know what it was uh it was his time it was his time to shine you know he and he shined and you know what and, and he's um you know like he said I, I'm I'm not in the chase you know what but but I'm still he beat you know all what the I, chase I, players <laughs> yeah I beat all the chase players you know what and um yeah. You know, once again, you know, congratulations, you know, to him, and uh, you know, and and you know, wishing him many more, many more wins, and you know, and I'm sure we'll see. Hopefully, you know, we'll see a turnaround in Stuart Haas race and start seeing you know more wins out of him. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, it so, would. And we talked about even with Ryan, you know, uh, Kevin Harvick spending time with him and talking with him, so. He's got a lot of support, and and I've known all along that Riley Oaks was going to come up with a win at some point. You and I both knew that. Uh, It just was going to take him, uh, take the time that it takes a lot of guys uh, to kind of get there, and he did it. So that was all good. Exactly, exactly. Okay, um, we're coming up to the, I apologize, I'm getting a phone call here. Um, there it goes. Okay, so um, let's go ahead and get into the review of that Xfinity Series race. 
Uh, it was the Alsco Uniforms 302 with the winner Riley Erbst at the age of 24 driving the number 98 Monster Energy Ford for Stuart Haas Racing with crew chief, crew chief Gavin Restivo. It was his first victory in 139 Xfinity Series races and his first victory in 14th top 10 finish in this season. Uh, also, his first victory and fourth top 10 finish in nine races at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, he beat John Hunter Nemechek, who happens to be the championship leader right now. Uh, he came in second, posted his fourth top 10 finish in six races at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and it's his 23rd top 10 finish in 23. Cole Custer had a good race. He was in the lead for a good part of uh, that race, but he ended up in third. He posted his fifth top 10 finish in seven races at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And Chandler Smith, who finished in fourth place, was the highest finishing rookie of the race. I asked Chandler how he was going to prepare for uh, next week, and he says, I'm having a baby this week, so I'm going to be working on just being a dad this week. So, yeah, I thought that was cute. Okay, so let's go over the race review of uh, that race at um, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, Riley Earps dominated at the track. It was a fitting venue and the perfect scenario for Riley Earps during his first career NASCAR Xfinity Series race, a dominating 14.9 seconds. Uh, is the gap to second place in the Alco Uniform 302 at his home track at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. For the first time in 139 stars, Riley Herbst is the winner in the Xfinity Series. The Las Vegas native dominated the second half of the race, leading a race-high 103 laps. Herbst led 130 laps in total in his previous 138 starts. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, of course, was the second playoff driver, was the first playoff driver in the final rundown, placing second. Nemechek scored stage points in both stages after starting in the rear of the field. Uh, Cole Custer finished in third with playoff um, drivers Chandler Smith and Sam Mayer rounding out the top five. Justin Algauer took the checkered flag in sixth place, followed by Austin Hill, Brandon Jones, Daniel Hemrick, and Lane Riggs filled out the top 10. The two remaining playoff drivers that didn't crack the top 10 were Sheldon Creed, who finished 15th, and Sammy Smith, who finished in 17th. Uh, Both of those drivers had two loose wheels. Uh, I'm sorry, not both of the drivers. It was just Sammy Smith who had two loose wheels. Stuart Haas Racing swept the stages with Cole Custer earning his seventh stage win of the season in the opening stage. Riley Earps won the second stage, uh, in, and then there were 11 lead changes among six drivers and five cautions for 26 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race was 130.598 miles per hour, and... Um, we told you the margin of victory already at 14.9 seconds. Uh, that's just amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, 14.9 second lead. Yeah, they were talking about that. You know the you know the lead and you know what he won the race by. You know it's just um, you know <laughs> it's just it's unheard of. I mean, um, 
he, you know, he it's whooped just, him. It's crazy. Yeah, he did. You know what? It, um, it was a fitting win. It was a good win. And, uh, you know, like we talked earlier, you know, after the interview, you know, congratulations to Riley you know, on the win. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll see many more from him, you know, now that he got that, finally got that um, mm-hmm. that monkey off his monkey. back. Monkey. You know, and, uh, yeah. So I said finally got that monkey off his back. You know, now it's time to, you know, start stringing them together. In fact, I think it was uh, Brandon Jones, Lane Riggs, and Riley Herbst were the only non-playoff drivers in the top ten. So um, congratulations to those guys, but Riley Herbst especially for that victory. Any other thoughts? No, that's really it. I mean, you kind of, you know, as we're getting towards the end of the season, uh, you know, John Hunter Nemechek, he just continues to – you know, to uh, to impress, you know, Cole Custer, you know, he's, you know, he's doing what he has to do, you know, to stay there. You know, I don't, I don't call once that championship really bad this season. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's, I think it's going to come down to, yeah, Phoenix, I think it's going to come down to John Hunter in a second, Cole Custer. Um, yep, yep. You know, they, they're, they're the, they're the cream of the crop. They're, they're the, they're the ones with the, um, the veterans out there, basically, you know, when you think about, you know, Xfinity drivers, you know, so, um, you know, it's it's just going to be exciting. Well, this further emphasizes just how dominant that win was. Not only was it a 14.9 second gap to second place, there were only 10 cars that finished on the lead lap. Uh, and the other cars, there were, at the end, there were 32 cars still running at the end of the race, but the rest of those cars were one or more laps down. Uh, there were a few accidents. Patrick Emerling had the first accident on lap three. It took him out of the race, Joe Graff Jr. on lap 12. Then it was Kyle Weatherman in an accident on lap 53 that took out Kaz Grala and himself. Lap 54, Anthony Alfredo was out due to an accident. Lap 56, it was Josh Williams out because of an accident. Uh, but uh, only 10 cars on the lead lap. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, especially for, uh, you know, for a race like Vegas, you know, when, um, you know, I, I didn't see it. I was at the track, so I didn't get to see the race. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to watch well, it. it. Actually, I recorded it. I recorded it, so I'm going to go back and watch it. You know, sometime this week yeah. when I get a chat. So, beat at the track all weekend, and then, and then with work, it's just kind of kind of tough. So, hopefully tomorrow night when I come home, I can get a chance to see this race, and then, um, and then on Wednesday, I'll, I'll watch the cup race. And what's even more amazing, uh, let's see, cars to the rear. Stefan Parsons, John Hunter Nemechek, Patrick Emerling, Josh Williams and the number 98 of Riley Earps for unapproved adjustments, but he raced from the back to the front. So pretty wow. cool. Along with John Hunter. Yeah, it is. Okay, let's go ahead and cover the points. Okay, so the points after the Las Vegas race is uh, John Hunter Nemechek's leading the points, uh, Justin Algeyer in second, um, Austin Hill in third, Cole Custer in fourth, 
and below the cut line right now is uh, Chandler Smith, who's 15 points below the cut line. Sam Mayer, who's 16 points below the cut line. And uh, Sammy Smith, who's 35 points below the cut line. And then at the bottom, number eight, is uh, Sheldon Creed. So uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, couple races coming up, you know, before they, uh, you know, before they finally get out and, uh, you know, and, you know, get ready for the stretch, you know, into Homestead, into Homestead, into uh, Phoenix. Into Phoenix. So they've got Homestead this weekend and Martinsville the following weekend. Um, anybody below the cut line that you can see that should come up with a victory and put themselves in that final four? Or are the top people that are in the final four now going to be the ones we see in Phoenix? I don't know. I, I could still possibly see Sheldon Creed getting a win. Um, you know, uh, as far as points-wise, I I think what you're looking at in the top four is, um, is experience and veteran drivers who know what they have to do to stay there, not only that, but to make it to Phoenix. And I think the mm-hmm. bottom four, when you look at Chandler Smith, Sam, Sam Mayer, Sammy Smith and Sheldon Creed, you know what, they're all young drivers, you know, first first time being in that position, position with the exception of Sheldon Creed, who is in the trucks. But um, he's in a muscle situation right now. Anyway, it's him and Sammy Smith both are in muscle situations. But I just don't mm. see, I just don't see Cole, Austin, Justin, or, or John Hunter-Mimacek, um, uh, you know, folding this time. I just, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's still up in the air. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think the top four to me seem like they're a pretty solid top four. Um, Homestead is another 1.5-mile track. Uh, I think that's going to separate things. But I will say I think uh, Martinsville is going to uh, have the potential, depending on how far back the bottom four are, uh, those uh, top, uh, those bottom four uh, end up taking things up at Martinsville, possibly. We'll have to wait and see. The veterans, I think, have the advantage at Martinsville. But uh, you never know what can happen at Martinsville. It can be good news or bad news. Exactly. Exactly. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. I know we're a little ahead of time here, but I'm going to go ahead and move on to the uh, Cup Series uh, because they were also racing this weekend out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And the winner was... Kyle Larson, you know, he won the first race in the round of uh, 12, or in the round of uh, 12 as well. So it's kind of cool to see him now win the first race in the round of eight. Uh, Kyle Larson won the South Point 400, his 23rd victory. He's 31 years old. He drives the number five HendrickCars.com Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports and his crew chief, Cliff Daniels. Uh, it was his 23rd victory in 328 NASCAR Cup Series races. His fourth victory 
and 16th top 10 finish this year, and his second victory in the 11th top 10 finish in 15 races at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Christopher Bell finished in second, his fourth top 10 finish in eight races in Las Vegas, and his 17th top 10 finish this year. Kyle Busch finished uh, in third place. Uh, That's his 15th top 10 finish in 25 races at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And Ty Gibbs finished 34th. He was the highest finishing rookie of the race. And now for the recap of that race, um, let me get to that real quick. Uh, Kyle Larson clinches his championship for birth with a win at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. He earned his trophy the old-fashioned way. The driver of the number five Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet led the most laps. He swept both stages but still had to hold off a hard-charging and equally, equally motivated Christopher Bell at the finish line to claim a dramatic victory in Sunday's South Point. 400 NASCAR Cup Series playoff race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, The win is his fourth of the year, the second at Las Vegas, and the 23rd career win. The pole winner, Christopher Bell, finished in second, followed by Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Tyler Reddick, Martin Turex Jr., and Denny Hamlin. It was a clean race for the playoff drivers, all eight finishing in the top 11. Larson was the dominant driver of the day. He led 133 of 267 laps, and he won both stages. He had a solid lead through much of the final part of the race, but a last lap charge by Bell made the finish close. Stages one and two were won by Kyle Larson. There are also 20 lead changes among seven drivers and seven cautions for 36 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race was 135.635 miles per hour. Ryan Blaney was originally disqualified because of the left front shock, did not meet the overall specified length. He finished in 36th place until this afternoon when NASCAR realized there was a problem. Uh, So they rescinded the disqualification on Monday afternoon, and his finishing uh, position and points were restored. So that brings up a lot of interesting questions that we'll talk about on Hot Topics tonight, uh, just to give kind of a preview there. But any thoughts on your end, Sal? Yeah, you know, congratulations to to, – Kyle Larson, you know, there's a stat out there that went something, gosh, I can't remember if it was this, somehow this win was tied to the, whoever won this race, um, I think four out of six times or five out of six times went on to win the championship. Ah. So we'll see um, what happens. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how true that, uh, that stat really is when, uh, you know, come the end of the season, you know, when they get to um, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have to see. Any comments on the Ryan blaming thing? Yeah, you know, I read about it, you know, and they said, you know, that this car is disqualified, and then they, NASCAR seen they made a mistake. You know what, at least they 
they were honest enough to admit, you know, they did make a mistake and, you know, yeah. just to sweep it under the rug, you know, and just let it go and say, hey, you know what, we already, we already, we already have the ruling. You know what, it is what it is. You know what, and, uh, you know, let's move on to next week. You know, at least they were honest enough, you know, to realize, you know, where they messed up and, and you know, and, and rectify it and make it right. You know, that's the least they can do for, um, for uh, you know, for Team Penske and Ryan Blaney. Absolutely. Any other thoughts about the top uh, uh, 10 finishers? I know the margin of victory in this one, Sal, was .082 seconds. So it was a close one between Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, there's Kyle Busch right back up there, you know, up in the top five again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just shows, you know, that, you know, you have one bad race during the chase, you know, or, or don't collect enough of those um, points, you know, that, um, you know, it, it, it could hurt you later on, even though he, he, he missed the, he missed the cut by a lot, but, um, you know, Kyle's going to continue to be Kyle, you know what, and, and, you know, get the best possible that he can, you know, so I mean, congrats on that third place finish. Okay. Thank you, Brad, you know, finishing fourth right behind him. Ross Chastain, you know, another one, you know, uh, you know, finishing fifth, and then, you know, then you go down to Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Tyler Reddick, Bart Truex, and Danny Hamlin, who all still in the, um, who all still in the, uh, in the, in the playoffs. All right. Uh, now, in this particular race, there were uh, 26 cars finishing on the lead lap, and then all but two cars, uh, 34 cars finished running, uh, although some of them were a lap or more down, and only two cars involved in incidents. Carson Hosevar, uh unfortunately involved in an accident on one on lap 110, took him out of the race, and then Alex Bowman also had an accident on lap 144 that took him out of the race. I'll tell you what, Kyle Larson hit the wall and saved his car enough to continue on. He had an amazing save in that race. So. Wow, that's that's crazy. I, I got to go back and watch this race, too. Like I said, I didn't see it because, you know, we were, I was at Curry, you know, we were running our race on Sunday. You know all our right. events, so I didn't even get a chance to to catch up with nothing. We had we had three races, you know, and um, you know. So I mean, I I can't wait to uh, you know to go back and uh, and watch it. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, some people said it was boring, but uh, the drivers that I heard talking about the race, uh, they did not think it was boring. Uh, they had, they thought it was a good race. Uh, Kyle Larson thought it was a good race, Christopher Bell. Um, so I didn't hear boring from any of those drivers. Uh, they, th- they all thought it was a good race. Uh, your thoughts about the uh, points. Let's go ahead and cover that. Okay, let's get to the points. The points are um, Kyle Larson leads the points. He's got the win, so he's in. Uh, second is William Byron. Third is Danny Hamlin. Fourth is Martin Truex. And then from there, then, so far, the ones that are below the cut line would be Christopher Bell, uh, Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney, 
and and Chris okay. Boucher, who's sitting eighth on the points. Okay, so um, any surprises there, Sal, or what are your thoughts? No, not really any surprises. I mean, um, no, I guess not. I mean, it is, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Well. We've got Kyle Larson, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex. Are those going to be the final four in Phoenix? Or do you think somebody from the bottom is going to win in these next two races uh, to put I, himself I gotta, in? I think, I think Ryan Blaney still has a win in him. I do, too. <laughs> I, I have the same thought. A, yeah, I think he still has a win in him. It could come at uh, Homestead. We'll have to see yeah, what happens. Yeah, good. Yeah. Tyler Reddick. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm really surprised, and it's fairly close. I think these, all of those guys, it could do it. Um, I'm not going to discount any of them, but uh, I think that that top four looks pretty good to me. Martin Truex did talk this weekend about. Uh, he thinks that they turned a corner. Uh, and that these next few races, they're looking to have some pretty good runs. So we'll see what happens with Martin Truex. I've been disappointed so far in the playoffs, uh, but I hope that they fixed the, they've righted the ship, if you will. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed too. I was hoping to see. Um, I had Kyle Busch as my pick for this year's championship, for this year's champion. Oh. You, know, uh, you know, and you know, it's kind of, you know. It is what it is. <laughs> Just kind of suck yeah. it up and you know, and keep rooting for me you know, to you know, to, you know, to get some more wins this year. Exactly. Okay, so we'll see what happens. We've got a little time here, so uh, let's see. You want to talk about some of the news in the Cup Series or the Xfinity Series? Yeah, I guess we can uh, do that. Pardon me. Go ahead. Budweiser is going to sponsor Kevin Harvick at Homestead. Uh, That's kind of cool. Yeah, then we got the update. They're starting to tear down um, Auto Club Speedway. Oh, they are? Well, they're not tearing it down. They started taking out the east side parking lot. Um, There's there's some photos that were posted on social media. And it's going back and forth, you know, on, of course, you know, you got the faithfuls that are saying, you know, the track is going to be here. You know, they're going to do the half mile and, and you know, and, and they're using an old rendering, an old drawing. But I just, you know what, I, <laughs> my opinion was, was that, you know what, if, if they were really going to build the half mile, I think NASCAR would have been talking about it right now. I think they would have been hyping it up. It's not on the schedule for this year for this season because there's no way, you know, that they'll have it ready in time. But, um, you know, uh, but even for like the 2025 season, um, you know, you if they're, I, my opinion is if they're really going to go through with the new track, I think they would have already started um, 
you know, hyping it up and saying, hey, you know, we, you know, we're this is the first phase of construction, you know, is to take the parking lot out. You know, and yeah. instead, you know, they just went in there and, you know, and, and um, you know, I got a few friends, you know, they're talking about it. You know, I told them, I said, don't, um, to, I said, don't get your hopes up. So, yeah, but that's interesting. Uh, one of the things that I saw here is that the Chicago street race, um, the mayor came out and made it sound like it was pretty much a done deal. But NASCAR is saying, hold the reins. NASCAR and the city of Chicago have not yet signed an agreement for the second Chicago street race, despite Mayor Brandon Johnson last week announcing a new and improved deal. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. It sounds like they're still talking. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be uh... – it's going to be interesting, you know, see what happens. You know, I mean, you know, we got the clash back this year, you know, you know, they had announced that, you know, then of course, you know, that, that went to the, uh, um, that went to the, uh, um, it's on the schedule. And then something that since, since we're a motorsports store, motorsports, um, NHRA, they got their, um, they finally got their, uh, their uh, sponsor for next season, their uh, their corporate sponsor is going to be uh, Mission Foods. So it's going to be Mission Foods, uh, NHRA, you know, before it's Cappy World NHRA. And, you know, we've had different different um, names for, you know, for the sanctioning body. So uh, Mission Foods jumped on board. So it's going to be Mission Foods um, NHRA for uh, next season's uh, NHRA season. So, you know, that, that's going to be uh, that's going to be exciting. Did you see that Erica Enders is the, uh, what did it say, the winningest most driver in the, female driver in the NHRA? Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, yeah, she's really a, she's really a, um, she's really a a good driver, you know what, and a really nice person around the track, you know, fan, fan, fan friendly and, you know, everybody enjoys her. Yes, indeed. I know we've had her on the show. It wouldn't be a bad idea for us to invite her back again. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was uh, really cool to see that she hit that milestone. Yeah, it was. Um, gosh, there's just so much, so much to look forward to, you know, these last, you know, as we, as we you know, wind down, you know, to the end of the season. Um, you know, we've got some, you know, some good racing coming up. You know, we got a lot of a lot of driver changes. You know, that that, that are already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, uh, uh, Carson Hosovar is going to finish out the um, he's going to finish out the rest of the season in the forty two car over at a Legacy since he's since he's taking it. The only exception to that is they are going to put uh, John Hunter Nemechek in that car at Homestead. That's that's. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that John Hunter Nemechek is going to take over? Is going to take over the 42 car? That's right, because Carson Osovar is running it. But yeah, they're going to put him in there. Yeah. Well, so no, um, I'm, what I'm saying, Sal, is that uh, Legacy announced this afternoon that John Hunter Nemechek is going to drive the 42 at Homestead Miami Speedway next week, and then Carson Hosovar will be back in the car at, at uh, Martinsville and Phoenix. 
Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, Carson that's right. Moore. Yeah, it says right here that yeah that he'll be in the he'll be in there for the final four races. Well, we've only oh, got. Hosovar will. No, Hosovar won't be in there for the final four. John Hunter Nemechek, it was announced today, is driving that car at Homestead, Miami next week. So we have yes, Homestead, I know, that, Miami, and Phoenix. No, it's Martinsville. We yeah, have Miami, Martinsville, and then Phoenix. Right, and at Miami, it's going to be John Hunter Nemechek in that car. Yes, yes, and then after that, yeah. then Kosovar then is going to take Two over races. for Martinsville. And, yeah, Martinsville and Phoenix yeah. is going to take over. Correct, correct. So are you going to be at a racetrack this week? No, I'm not. I'm taking this weekend off. I'm going to do some stuff around the house and uh, and enjoy my little stretch before the Snowball Derby and uh in December. Ah, okay. You're planning to go again. I like it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We already we've already got all our plans and everything's already already got my uh, flights and we got our our rooms and we're ready to go. Everything's carved out already. Yep. Okay. Or just wait well, for that's... the day to get here. Just wait for wait the day for to the get what? here. Wait for the day to get here. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. Is Derek going again this year? Yes, he is going. He hasn't made it. He hasn't made the announcement yet. But Derek Thorne will be there to to to, um, defend his championship. Very good. Very good. I'm happy to hear that. Man, I wish I could get down there. Pensacola, Florida, huh? Yep. I'll have to give it I'll have Not to give that it far. some thought. I, drive. Yeah, I'll have to give it some thought. I've been driving a lot this week. We drove through snowstorms up in Colorado. We we made it to uh, Las Vegas and now we're driving through the desert. We're at Flagstaff tonight and we'll be in Albuquerque tomorrow and then we'll drive overnight to go uh, back home. Well, you guys have safe travels? You know, and uh, make sure and stop and rest. You get tired. You know what? Don't take any don't take any chances. It's not worth it. It's better to get home late than not get home at all. No, I totally agree with you, Sal. I totally agree you know, with I, you. Uh, I do a lot of driving, and you know what? And, and I always say, you know, I tell everybody, you know, that I'm around. You know what? It's better to. I said it's better Pull to be over. late than not to not get not get home at all. You know what? And that's the yeah. worst thing. You know. I'm not afraid so, to pull over and get get some sleep if I need it. So um, there you go. Yep, I, I'm all for that. Well, Sal, thanks for uh, being back on the show here tonight. We really enjoyed it, and I think it's a good one for us to have because uh, to have together tonight. I really enjoyed it with uh, Riley getting that win uh, this weekend oh, yeah. at Las Vegas. Okay, well, you guys have a good show. Everybody be safe. You and you and your brother be safe driving, and uh, we'll talk to everybody next next Monday. Will do. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. 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 Bye-bye. Good night. Okay. Goodbye.
Thanks, Bill. Okay, we're at the top of the hour, and that means it's time for our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off segment uh, with our Fan for Racing crew. And joining us uh, so far is Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Oh, thank you, Sharon. And I know uh, I know you posted that you were traveling. Uh, I did some myself and have been really busy, so I'm here to get the news. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to add to the discussion because at this point I'm truthfully <laughs> here to get some of the information as well. So we'll see how this goes tonight. Okay, well, that's good. Tommy is joining us tonight, so it'll be you, me, and Tommy talking about all the hot topics. And, Tommy, I've seen you out there. You're posting some hot topics tonight. Hey, how are y'all? Thank y'all for having me back. Well, we're glad to have you back, Tommy. And uh, uh, like I say, it's going to be the three of us tonight, and I'm going to let you pick the first hot topic. So what's it going to be? All righty, let's go with um, uh, let's see here. Let's go with um, let's go with John Hunter Nemechek in the forty-two this weekend at Homestead. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, it was announced this afternoon, Jay. I don't know if you heard it or not, uh, but Jimmy Johnson came out with a video on uh, social media uh, telling everybody that John Hunter Nemechek is going to drive the Legacy Motor Club number 42 at Homestead this weekend, and um, uh, they're going to have Carson Hosevar back in the car for Martinsville and Phoenix. Uh, but your thoughts about John Hunter Nemechek getting that opportunity? I was a little surprised. I did see this, and I, I, the only part I didn't have to fill that story in was then Carson Hosevar's role. Because I know when they took oh. him out at, uh, what was the, the Charlotte Roval, a lot of fans, now granted this was just the fans' perspective, were upset because Carson had been doing a good job in that car. They took him out, put uh, Mike Rockefeller in, but then it was announced he would finish the year in that car. So I get the feeling there's going to be some fans upset, but being that this is going to be John Hunter Nemechek's ride next year, um, I didn't see why they didn't do more of this other than he is battling for the Xfinity Series championship. So they didn't maybe didn't want to pull him away from that. So I said whatever they decide is best. I just don't like the fact that they did announce Carson was going to be in for the rest of the year and now apparently isn't. Um, and I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure Carson Hosevar is saying, hey, I appreciate what time I got. <laughs> Thank you for what you've given me. <laughs> and he'll move on. It was the fans that were really driving it. Because same with the road course. You know, Carson Hosevar said, I would have liked to have gotten the experience on the road course. But they brought in a road course veteran and skilled driver. Did it pan out and him get a win? No. But would Hosevar? Probably not. So they did what they thought was best, you know, for the company, for the team. I don't know if they had a pre-arranged deal to give Mike Rockenfeller X number of races or, you know, all road courses. You know, it's the way it happens. I just, I don't like the fact that it was announced, you know, one way and now it's changed. But like I said, I highly doubt Carson Hosevar is upset. It's the fans that get all spun up. Okay, exactly. Uh, What I thought was really nice about it is, the first time I saw the news, I saw a video from Jimmy Johnson uh, 
not making this announcement. And I thought that was really cool uh, that Jimmy Johnson came out on video to make this announcement and to tell the fans what they were doing. Um, and I saw some other videos from Legacy Motor Club today, too, uh, that I thought, you know, I really like what they're doing over there. Um but John Hunter Nemechek, it's good to see him get a chance to – we get a little preview, if you will, of John Hunter Nemechek behind the wheel of that uh, Legacy Motor Club number 42. Carson Hosever, I think, has done a really good job in that car, and um, I think he's okay with the with the fact that John Hunter is going to uh, get behind the wheel. He knows it's not his uh, car that he's just kind of filling in. Uh, for the remainder of this season, which has been a good experience for him. And um, uh, I think he'll look forward to getting back in the car uh, at uh, Homestead, at, not at Homestead, but at Martinsville and again at Phoenix. So um, I just like the way they made the announcement and everything. And I, I like the idea that we get a preview of seeing John Hunter behind the wheel of that car. What are your thoughts, Tommy? Yeah, I think it's just a, a prequel. I mean, I think this is his first time in the car since, uh, I mean, he's going to be driving the car next year, but I think this is his first time racing it because I feel like Hosovar has been the primary replacement to uh, Graxon. So um, I guess it's just a, a warm-up ride for him. And uh, Hosovar has done a really good job in the car. Um, I know he wrecked um, at Vegas this week, but, I mean, um he's done a pretty good job in it. He definitely did better than uh, Grexton did. So, um, you know, it's going to be weird seeing uh, Jimmy Johnson drive a Toyota next year and uh, uh, Toyota, you know, is keeping John Hunter Nemechek when they switch over to Legacy. Uh, he's going from Joe Gibbs and the Xfinity to Toyota with Legacy Motorsports next year. So I think this is just going to be a warm-up race for him. Uh, with legacy and um, yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll probably do you know pretty good. I feel like John Hunter Nemechek he did very well two or three years ago when he was in the Cup Series at um, Front Row. I mean, I, I want to say it was the Darlington race during COVID. He got like a, a top ten at that track, and it was like his I don't know what race number it was, but. Either way, he did really good that year, and, um, and then he went back to trucks and Xfinity and has done well, and now he's going back. So I think, you know, I think John Hunter Nemechek is going to be a, a good good racer in the years to come. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll do in the 42 car this weekend. Oh, okay. Jay, your follow-up? The only the only aspect, the more I thought about it, um, and he's sharing it was something you said, because John Hunter Nemechek actually doesn't have the experience in this next-gen car. Um, right. It goes back to I wonder why they didn't put him in a little bit earlier and for some of these other races, more races, even since it's been announced. But uh, like I said, I'm sure that the, his playoff run in the Xfinity Series kind of factors in, and they had committed to other drivers. But I, I do think that getting him in there is, is the best way to go because uh, the more I thought about it, with not having the next-gen experience, um, probably does need just a little bit of seat time and familiarization with it. 
and that's not to say he can't do some other other stuff too. And we'll have to see. As I was thinking more about it, of for that race, if Carson Hosevar ends up in a Spire car and the other one, Ty Dillon, comes out early as well. We've seen that once one domino falls, some more start to may see that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think it has to do what you said earlier, Jay. I think it has to do with the fact that John Hunter Nemechek is competing for that championship uh, in the Xfinity Series. He's at the top of the standings, and I, I don't know. It could be uh, a number of things, but uh, I think they saw an opening here. Uh, and th- what Jimmy Johnson said in that video is that Carson's going to be at the track and on top of the pit, not, yeah, on top of the pit box, uh, and still uh, be a part of that race uh, from the sidelines, if you will. But um, uh, I think what it's also telling us is that uh, that there's going to be. Now, Aspire Chevy or, or uh, Aspire Chevrolet. I'm all of a sudden I'm brain dead there. Aspire Aspire is Chevrolet, and so is Legacy. Right now, they're going to Toyota. But they're going to Toyota. Yeah. So I don't know if that has something to do with it too. Um, that maybe they had to negotiate. Uh, for John Hunter Nemechek to come from a Toyota to race in a Chevrolet um, this week. Uh, There might have had to be some kind of conversations there, if you will, in order to make that happen. So I think that might have something to do with it. Um, At first I was thinking maybe it's an indication that there's going to be an affiliation there, but that affiliation is actually ending so, yeah, it, it, it does make you wonder a little bit. Uh, maybe there's more announcements down the road here that we're not privy to. I don't know. Uh, I, th- I think you're on to something there, though, Sharon, that he'd be from a Toyota to drive a Chevy yet this year. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, Tommy, what are your thoughts? No I actually didn't factor that into consideration when I was thinking about it earlier that since he's with Toyota and driving a Chevy this weekend, but I just feel like it was a, you know, going to be a warm up race for him with them since he's going to be with them next year. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I did not factor that in that they probably had to pull some strings to allow him to get in that car this weekend. But since it's been announced, I guess they were able to do it. And, um, just wanted to add, too, though, that Hosevar has done a good job filling in that car uh, since Gregson went out. But, um, you know, he'll be expired next year. So, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to seeing Nemechek back in the Cup Series this weekend. Okay. Uh, Jay, what, have you had a chance to look at the team's page? I have, and like I said, I was kind of uh, seeing some of the stuff posted, and a big shout-out to Tommy. I know you mentioned he's been putting up a lot today. Such a great team here at Fan for Racing. Like I said, I know a lot of times myself or Mike are and uh, weren't available today, and Tommy did, so uh, appreciate that, Tommy. The one that I was trying to get up to speed on why Brian Blaney got DQ'd 
And then as I went to look into that, it was, well, it's been rescinded. So we'll start with the actual penalty and now the rescension of it. Yeah, that's a, a couple of different ones uh, that ended up uh, going different directions. Um, <clears throat> Tommy, uh, I'm sure you're up to speed on this one. What are your thoughts? Sorry about that. I was on mute. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, I did see this from yesterday that he got DQ'd, and then I want to say four or five hours ago it was rescinded. Um, I saw that it was over a shock or something like that, not meet and link. I mean, you know, if I had to pick up a backup driver to William Byron, I would say Ryan Blaney's probably my guy, and which I like Chevy and not Ford, so. I, I just like Ron uh, as a person. I feel like he's a, a good guy and he's got a great personality and that's one of the reasons why I like him. So I'm kind of glad that they rescinded it. Um, I mean, I, I'm i not a mechanic or anything like that. I don't understand that stuff. But, I mean, from the outside looking in, I don't see where that shock was an advantage at all. I mean, it. Uh, it looked like a normal shock to me compared to the photos that I saw, which I guess is why they rescinded it. But um, anyway, uh, I'm glad, it's just glad to see it get disqualified because you, you, you hate to see um, all these disqualifications and stuff. Like I mean, like Kevin Harvick at Talladega. I was really hoping he was going to win that race. Um, you know, I'm glad Blaney won that one, of course, too, but... You know, it would have been cool to have seen Harvick win that, and now I'm glad he didn't because he got disqualified. So I'm kind of, you know, it, it kind of stinks these last couple of races we've been having cars getting disqualified. So I'm kind of glad to see one get rescinded and and the finish stays. And, you know, big deal for Blaney, too, because he's in the playoffs right now. So getting disqualified like that would have definitely have hurt him. So, um, yeah. I don't know, just, just good to see. Um, then rescind it and that the the car, you know, is legal and not illegal. Yeah. First of all, I, I just want to say kudos to NASCAR for uh, taking this step to rescind the disqualification. Um, I don't think we've ever seen that happen before. So I think this is a big deal for them to come out and say, hey, uh, when we went back and looked at this, we discovered some problems. In fact, uh, their comments are, after further review of the inspection process throughout this weekend's events at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, NASCAR has rescinded the number 12 disqualification penalty. Monday morning during its race weekend debrief, NASCAR discovered an issue with the damper template used for inspection. NASCAR then conducted a detailed investigation and has restored the number 12 stage and race finishing positions from Sunday. NASCAR has taken internal steps to remedy this issue and moving moving forward, uh, signed by NASCAR. Uh, so I do give them a huge amount of kudos, but I think it brings up some questions as well. If there was a problem with the template, uh, does that mean that everybody else, uh, there might have been others that maybe didn't fit that template um, that wasn't caught because of the, pro- the, the 
the problem with the template. Uh, so I don't know what to think of that. <laughs> um, you, I guess you can't uh, 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 disqualify uh, Blaney if there's a problem with the template, but that means that others, uh, maybe they're, they didn't, as it should have been. So I don't know what to think of that, but I think it does bring up some questions there. Uh, but I am, I am greatly uh, happy uh, that NASCAR did that uh, recension and uh, took that disqualification away. Mike Orzel's comment, and I, I think we're kind of on the same uh, wavelength here, he says the thing that doesn't make sense to me is why it's just one shock on the car that failed that, that part of test. If the template was wrong, wouldn't every car subjected to that template fail? Um, you would think so. <laughs> so something something just doesn't seem right. And his point about it only failed one shock uh, as opposed to all of them. So I, I, there's, I think it brings up some questions as well. So, Jay, what are your thoughts? Well, first, uh, there's two sides to this. First, of what did happen and how they went about it. Um, you know, they did the they did the measurement or whatever it is. It was wrong. They DQ'd it. Okay, stand by it. In the morning, which what made them go back and check their equipment um, to make sure their calibrations were right or whatever, and discover the fact that their template is offset or wrong. Uh, surprises me, I guess. If I don't know if I want to use that word, but the fact that they did, they realized then, hey, maybe his shock is legal. They check it; it's legal. Make the adjustment. Got it. Uh, the the other side to it. So as far as all that, they did the right things. They, by 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 the test, it's illegal. Okay, we got the wrong template. We made a mistake. You're legal again. We're going to fix our problem and get the right template. Make sure that don't happen again, which they need to definitely tighten up. I know we're all human and mistakes get made, things get bent, but if you're the one enforcing the rules with templates, you, you better make sure your templates and stuff are right. You know, I mean, exactly. so from the other side before on round two, I'm going to go into Sharon, you, you're looking big time down Pandora's box of different things um, when it comes mm -hmm. to why and how it happened. Um, I'll go into that in the second round. But when you're talking about why only a one off of one car, um, and then why not all other cars on that with same particular shock? Again, don't know when that template got bent or became out of calibration, however it's set. And I, I'm using words here of what I know. I don't know how that particular template was, but just say everybody else had gone through, it got bent before it checked uh, Blaney's. So that's one possibility. Second off would be, and I was trying to look to see which one it was, different sides to the car, you're going to set things differently for whatever purpose. Maybe that was the only one that would have been outside of tolerance, even with the mistaken template. Um, so we talk about this, you always push it right up to the edge. Well, that one, the others maybe weren't pushed that close to the edge. They were close enough to the edge, then it went over, even though the template was wrong. Um, you know, mm -hmm. They might have still used that wrong template on everybody else's, but everybody else wasn't pushing that particular situation to the absolute very edge 
whereas the, the Penske team and Ryan Blaney number 12 were. So there's a lot of different reasons it might have not happened to anybody else or any other shocks on the car um, that could explain that. And I'm going to keep quiet for a minute, and like I said, I'll go into Pandora's box that you were talking about sharing on the second time around. Okay. Uh, and I have some other uh, comments, too, since I happen to be at Las Vegas this week. Uh, Tommy, what's your follow-up? Well, I don't really have much to add on this one. Um, like I said, I don't really know the mechanics of this, that stuff very well, but uh, I am glad to see that he was um, – that the disqualification was rescinded and that he was able to uh, to keep his – uh, his finish, especially since, like I said, he's my, he's usually my backup to Byron if he's available and, um, glad to see that it was rescinded for him since he's a playoff driver. Yep. Yep. He's my backup too. I like Ryan Blaney. Um, I will just say that, uh, I happened to be looking out the window at the media center and, and I had a very clear, uh, perspective, right? to the cars that were lined up to go through the inspection process. And there was another fellow there, and he and I were kind of talking. And we were watching because because the car just before Blaney was, I think it was the one just before Blaney, was was, um, Martin Truex. And he was in there for quite a while. Um, And we were wondering if maybe there wasn't a problem with Martin Truex's car. And then when they came out and said it, I, I saw Ryan Blaney's car waiting in the inspection line. And I, I'm trying to remember if there were other cars behind him, and I don't think there were a lot of cars behind him. Uh, so maybe he was one of the last cars to go through that inspection. If there was another car behind him, I would say it was one or two. I don't think it was very many. Um, but... Uh, uh, I I thought it was interesting that because they took so long with Martin Truex's car, we were wondering if maybe he didn't have uh, something uh, out of whack, but it didn't turn out to be that at all. And in fact, it was Ryan Blaney. But uh, and now it's it's not even Ryan Blaney's fault. It was the template. So just uh, just some insight there that uh, I think he was toward the tail end of that inspection process. Jay, your follow-up? <clears throat> yeah, like I said, with with that, uh, there's so many reasons that it could have happened. I want to go now, though, to – I don't necessarily want to, but it came to me and obviously has to be talked about. When we've talked about a team that gets a penalty, it's upheld, they did something wrong, Everybody questions, mm-hmm. well, have they done something wrong before? You know, have they been cheating all year? This, that. And that's where I say NASCAR is the sanctioning body and the inspection has to be tightened up almost perfect. And I, you mentioned it earlier, Sharon, this is pretty unprecedented. If it's happened before, mm-hmm. they didn't admit it. We don't know that now. You know, and the fact that they did now, great. Kudos, good job. But it makes you wonder, has it happened before and they just didn't admit it, you know, or mm-hmm. did that template allow others to get away with something because they didn't know it or whatever else? So that's where I said you, you're really opening Pandora's box if you start thinking about that. 
trust in the fact that this hasn't happened before. I mean, they right away came out, admitted it, said, hey, we got to fix our, our issue and make sure that don't happen again. We've fixed the corrected the problem we were going to put the penalty we were going to put on the number 12 team we've fixed that you know so they did everything right as far as it happening but yeah that's one as a sanctioning body you're in a world of hurt you start letting that happen more than one (laughs) so because it does and you you know me I'm, i'm not one that likes to dwell on the what ifs and the negatives and all that but it really does. Has this happened before? You know, you can't help it but makes think you that. wonder. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, as far as them handling it, they did the best way they could with the fact that it happened. Uh, be really focused on, and I was trying to read uh, or recall what it said at the bottom, you know, that they're making, taking the steps to ensure that they yeah. remedy this issue moving forward, internal steps to remedy this issue moving forward. Um, they're again kind of like doesn't say so this never happens again it says to remedy it so moving forward does that mean there may have been others I it just it kind of leaves it, it makes, open to interpretation <laughs> yeah I mean that's what I kind of was starting to think as I read it so wow <laughs> you're right it's a big Pandora's box but we'll take it at face value and and move forward uh, but I do give NASCAR credit for admitting uh, the situation and addressing it, and uh, I think that's a big positive. Tommy, what's our next hot topic? All right, let's go with Hum back in the uh, number 11 truck with Tricon next year. Okay, Jay, your thoughts about uh, Corey Heim coming back? You know, we had heard his name kicked around a couple of times linked to possibilities. I I realize he's had a great season and been almost unbeatable, but this is his first full-time season in the truck series. And we've talked about this then of, are you ready to move up? Had he moved to, and one of them obviously would be the Joe Gibbs racing uh, Toyota um, in the Xfinity series being that they've lost a couple of drivers and need somebody. I saw it possibly happening again, whether it was too early, too fast. Don't know. I don't think that being in the truck series, another season is going to hurt him. I'll put it that way. Could he have been successful in a Joe Gibbs racing Xfinity series team? We've seen his talent. Yeah. I mean, you miss a race and you still win the regular season championship, you know, uh, he had a heck of a year, but that was his first year. Um, we've seen what we call the sophomore slump. So I don't, I don't see where running another year in the Xfinity series or in the, uh, sorry, in the truck series hurts him. Um, he's still going to have that opportunity. I think this is one of those that we've talked about. Toyota selects out of the big mass numbers they have. They select a few that they're going to back all the way. And I think Corey Heim is going to be one of them. So I don't think he's going to lose that opportunity. Even if he does have a sophomore slump in the truck series, I don't think that'll go away. So I think it's a good move. Um, like I said, if you play the what if, if you, if you talk about Xfinity, I think he could have been successful just like Carson Osvar going into the cup. He's showed he is capable of it, but is it going to hurt him to run another series or another year in the trucks? Absolutely not. 
Yeah, I have to agree with you, Jay. I think this is a good move for Corey Heim. Uh, this is his first season. He's done very, very well in his first season uh, against some very tough competition. But uh, I think it's good to see him back in that truck uh, for next year. Uh, and I do have to make an announcement real quick. Uh, I, Coming up at 10.30, we're going to go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and that means uh, that we will continue to record the rest of our conversation because we're not quite done here yet. And that recording will be available on our podcast. And what I'll do is when we get done with our conversation, I'll go out on Twitter and Facebook to let you know that the uh, podcast is available. And if you're listening on whatever platform you're listening on, including FanforRacing.com, all you have to do is fast forward to the two-hour mark, and you can hear the rest of that conversation. Uh, So uh, we do that announcement to our first-time listeners because we don't want anybody to be caught off guard and not know how to hear uh, the rest of the story here. So with that, I do think... Uh, you're right. It's certainly not going to hurt Corey Heim to be in this uh, truck for another year. Uh, I know the situation between him and Riley Herbst is entirely different, but uh, Riley Herbst is going back uh, to the Xfinity Series racing again for another season. And I was so happy to hear him say he's happy about that. We've had a rash of drivers that are pushing uh, to get into the Cup Series uh, I think prematurely. And so I think it's really good to see this trend going to, I'm going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to do what I need to do uh, in this series uh, before I start racing on Sunday. Now, Carson Hosebar, I think, is the exception to the rule. I think he's ready to move up into the truck series, I mean, into the cup series. And I think that uh, he's going to do all right. Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out next year, but I think we've had too many drivers that have moved up in this into uh, either the Xfinity or the Cup Series, and I think they've done it prematurely. They could have, I think, uh, benefited from staying in the Xfinity Series or the Truck Series another year before moving up. So I, I think it's a good thing, and. Um, We'll we'll see how it continues to play out. And I think that we are going to find that there are some drivers that uh, maybe won't move up into the Cup Series and discover that they are more suited to the Truck Series. And a couple of examples um, I'm going to give are, are drivers like Ben Rhodes, who has raced in the Truck Series all along and has shown no – he raced a couple of Xfinity Series races, uh, but he's found a home in the truck series, and uh, maybe someday he will move up. Uh, but he he's become the, the truck series has been his home. So I think we may see more of that happening with some of these drivers. And um, uh, I certainly, as you said, Jay, uh, don't think it's going to hurt Corey Heim to stay there for another uh, year. And uh, I think it does a lot for their confidence too when they uh, kind of hold themselves back, if you will, and not rush things to move up into Cup. So, Tommy, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Uh, 
I, I was surprised. Um, I mean, my thoughts were Joe Gibbs racing in Xfinity next year. I, to my knowledge, other than Ryan Truex running a few races for them next year, uh, they don't have anything announced yet. And, you know, I feel like Corey Heim is right up there with Ty Gibbs and John Hunter Nemechek as, like, the top prospect at Toyota. So I was really thinking he was going to get pulled up to the Xfinity Series. And, I mean, he's done really good this year for a rookie in the uh, Truck Series. And he did run well last year in his few races he ran. So I really feel like he's, you know, one of the up-and-coming, um, you know, future hot prospects in in this, in NASCAR. So I was surprised a little bit to not see him move up the ranks, but I mean, I do understand too that it was just his rookie year, so he probably could benefit from the another um, another year in the truck series, but I mean, I don't see why not go ahead and pull him up. I mean, he's got sponsorship with JBL, and I'm sure uh, some other sponsors would take him on, you know, but I mean, that's probably a reason why he wasn't pulled up to the Xfinity Series because you got to have the funding for the full year. But, you know, um, I'm just kind of surprised that he didn't get the pull up to Joe Gibbs in the Xfinity Series next year. That's where I thought he would probably go. Or, you know, the other the other thing I thought was he'd be back a, another year in the Truck Series, which is what was announced. But, I mean, I, I'm just curious as to what Joe Gibbs is going to do next year in the Xfinity Series. I mean... Are they going to have one full-time car and one part-time car, or do they have some plans that they're just hiding from us, or, you know, what what are they going to do? Um, but, yeah, Corey Heim is definitely the, the next driver in the Toyota pipeline, and it's only going to be a matter of time before, you know, he's pulled up the ranks and given his shot. And uh, I think he'll, like I said, I think he's one of the, the top prospects and um, one of the rising stars, and he'll he'll get his chance. But yeah, I'm just curious to see what Joe Gibbs does because I really thought Corey Heim was going to be uh, in in the factor for one of their rides next year in the Xfinity Series. Okay, Jay, your follow up. I, yeah, with with what Tommy said there, of I am curious of what they were going to do, and I actually had had I had to make the judgment call of what I thought was going to happen. I would have thought he was going to move to the Xfinity Series, being that they have lost uh, one of their drivers. There's talk about him maybe getting uh, Chandler Smith back over. I know even at one time that Brandon Jones was rumored to go back to him with the card sponsorship. Um, so they are in need, and they obviously. They, the heir apparent to the next driver they're going to back is him. So I really did overall probably lean towards him moving to the Xfinity Series next year, which, like I said, I, I think he is one that is capable with what he has shown in his talent, both through the Arkham Menard Series uh, when he battled with uh, Ty Gibbs. There again, look at look at that. I mean, he went, I'll say toe-to-toe with. I mean, he came out a little behind, but... So we know he's got the talent. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been opposed to seeing him get that opportunity either, just like with Carson Hosevar, He showed he's capable of it. 
they've made that decision. Now the question becomes of what are they going to do because they they clearly still need to keep. I know there was talk about whether or not um, they would even have an Xfinity Series program. We've seen that with Stuart Haas Racing and the Ford team when, when they cut back. They need it. I mean, Toyota's got four, five, six, going to have ten now, right? No, I missed mm-hmm. Legacy's only got two cars, eight. Um, I thought that was too many. I was like, I jumped too many. But so they need that program, and it's been successful. And obviously, they they were the ones that kind of started the all-star program where you have the cup drivers fill in some races. So I think you will see Corey Heim get several opportunities if they have an open all-star team that doesn't have one driver for the entire year. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting because that, that, too, is a big question mark, especially this late in the season. I'm kind of surprised that some of the things we've seen, even though it's the, it's, it's the Xfinity Series or Truck Series, there's still some big questions out there. Yeah, yeah, you guys bring up uh, some good points. And, Tommy, you're right. Uh, I think a lot of people are probably surprised not to see Corey Heim advance considering how well he did in his rookie season. However, I think there's a couple of factors, and, and Jay, you brought up some of that. Probably will if they do run a part-time Xfinity Series car next year. I would see John Hunter Nemeth, or not John Hunter, uh, Corey Heim, uh, maybe get a couple of rides or three or four in that car next season. However, uh, I temper that because one of the things that we've learned from drivers that have raced in the Xfinity Series and even the Cup Series drivers that race in the Xfinity Series uh, and then race in the Cup Series the next day, there's not a lot that translates from the Xfinity Series to the Cup Series because the cars are so different anymore. Um, They're basically getting seat time to get to know the track more than anything else. As far as the car, uh, they're very dissimilar uh, to the Cup Series cars now, and that's why I think we're seeing people come up from the Truck Series directly into uh, the Cup Series. So I... um, still think that the seat time for Corey Heim uh, in a truck uh, is going to be beneficial to him because, as as Jay pointed out, sometimes drivers go through that sophomore slump, if you will. Uh, I I don't think it's going to hurt him. I think pushing him up to the Cup Series or even full-time in the Xfinity Series, I, I think teams are seeing less and less value to that full-time Xfinity Series ride, other than getting the seat time to get to know the the track itself, and he can do that in a truck. He's not going to get as many races in the truck, but if he runs part time in the Xfinity Series, uh, when the, he's not running in the Truck Series or when there's a companion race, uh, I think that can be a benefit to Coringheim to get that seat time. So. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a head-scratcher from some perspectives, uh, but I think in the overall picture, I think what we're seeing is teams are seeing less and less value uh, for the Xfinity Series uh, to move as a stepping stone, if you will, to move up into Cup. So we're seeing more and more drivers move directly from trucks into Cup. 
So we'll see how it plays out for Corey Heim. I don't think it's going to hurt him, but I think we will see him get some some Xfinity seat time uh, this season and possibly even some Cup Series uh, seat time like we saw with uh, Carson Hosebuck this year. So, Tommy, you get to wrap it up for us. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add other than just curious to see what's going to happen with uh, Joe Gibbs in the Xfinity Series next year. Um, you know, and just also want to, I guess, say Toyota, you know, they should probably be careful with Corey Heim and their prospects because, you know, we have seen where prospects have come and gone for them over the years. But, um, I mean, either way, uh, Corey Heim back in the Truck Series next year, um, hopefully he only does better and, you know, not worse than than what he did this year. But, I mean, he, he he's had a really impressive year this year. And, like I said, I think he's going to be one of the top future prospects. So, Toyota should hang on to him, but they should definitely take their time with him, too, and only move him up when he's ready. But I really felt like they probably could have moved him up to the Xfinity Series. Uh, well, you know, maybe he could run part-time. I mean, like I said, other than Ryan Truex having just a few races on the schedule next year, I think they're wide open. So, I mean, maybe he'll get to run a few next year for him. Okay. Uh, Jay, what's your choice for our next hot topic? Well, uh, we got a couple here. We've been talking about drivers, so I kind of like to talk about Jake, Jake Garcia. I know there's another kind of big one there that, uh, Sharon, you might want to bring up, but Jake Garcia pursuing a new ride um, for 2024 as Bill McAnally racing on X. It's been a fun year. Let's finish strong. Um, that he's not going to be there. And I'm drawing a blank if one of you two would help me out. Who did they bring in as a second driver? And we questioned whether or not they were going to be a three-car, a three-truck team next year. Who did they just recently agree to have drive for them as a second driver for next year? I wish I could remember that. I can't remember offhand. Okay. Well, well apparently they are not going to go to three, as Jake Garcia is uh, is not going to be a part of it. So he is looking for a ride. Derek Krause is the other car, but I can't remember who they recently announced. Uh, Tommy, what are your thoughts about Jake Garcia leaving uh, Hilgerman or McAnally Hilgerman Racing and pursuing other opportunities? Yeah, I'm actually not too familiar with Jake Garcia. Um, I know that he was a rookie this year and he's ran a ran a few races this year. Um, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with him. I feel like, um, you know, I, I really don't really don't know much about him. Um, I know his, his rookie year this year and, uh, you know, you kind of hate to see them start off somewhere and then go somewhere else. Um, and, you know, not even, hasn't even been, you know, raced a, a few races this year for that team. But, um, you know, just want to see where else he's going to go. I mean, there's going to be some other options for sure in the truck series. Uh, I've been looking at, you know, the truck series and the Xfinity series to see, you know, the rides fill up for next year and all the driver movement and stuff because the Cup series is pretty much already 
kind of panned itself out. I think there might be like one or two more cars out there that we don't know what's going to happen yet. But the Xfinity Series and Truck Series seem to be wide open, so he's going to have some options. Um, I just wish I had a little bit more. Uh, I wish I was a little bit more familiar with Jake Garcia, but um, I haven't really heard much about him this year, and uh, you know, we'll just see where he ends up next year. Yeah, uh, Jake Garcia is one of the drivers I guess I've been following this season only because. I'm so familiar with Bill McAnally racing, and uh, I was super excited that they came to the truck series as uh, McAnally Hilgerman Racing, and they've been they've had Jake Garcia, not Jake Garcia, but uh, Derek Krause has been driving a truck uh, for uh, maybe three or four years now, and they brought Jake Garcia into the fold last year uh, to run two trucks. And Jake's been running the number 35 Chevy Silverado. Uh, and he's also a super late model driver with Turnco Motorsports. Um, and so we were really pulling for him to get into the uh, uh, playoffs. And I know he was trying really hard uh, in order to get into the playoffs this season. But, uh, of course, it didn't happen. So uh, I forget now who they did say they were bringing. I can't – it's really escaped me, Jay. Uh, maybe you found it, but um, uh, I think Jake Garcia will find another opportunity. Uh, his comments were, I thoroughly enjoyed my rookie season in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series with everyone at McAnally, Hilgerman Racing, and the support of our partners at Quanta Services and Adaptive One. We've had fast trucks, strong finishes, and he's finished in the top ten in a lot of these races and have a lot of reasons to be proud of our effort. However, I will be pursuing a new opportunity in 2024 that I'm excited to share in the near future. So it sounds like he already knows where he's going. Until then, our number 35 team is going to finish the season with 100% effort over the final two races, and I hope to get to victory lane. So that would be really great if he's able to do that. I think Jake Garcia is a good driver. Uh, I think he's done well uh, with McAnally Hilgerman Racing, and I can't wait to see what he's going to announce uh, because, like I say, it sounds like he's, it's a done deal already. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for Jake. Uh, I think he's a good driver, and I think we'll hear his name a lot as as uh, he continues uh, his career. So, Jay, what are your thoughts? We've had him on the show. I know uh, Andy's been talking about following him a lot because he, Andy happened to be on the show when we had him on and was able to uh, interview with him, and I think he's been kind of following along with him along the way as well. Yeah, I'm not finding... Um who where, who they recently uh, announced. And, you know, it's Christian Eckes took over the actual uh, number 16 um, Napa Chevrolet. That's, nope, that's Chandler Smith. Um, and they've gone to another level. So, yeah, I see them building. Uh, unfortunately, you know, and I, Jake Garcia actually had a very strong rookie year. I know uh, Nick Sanchez gets the uh, gets the nod, being that he made the playoffs, so that automatically moves that along as far as who gets the attention being in the in the playoffs. 
But Jake Garcia had a very solid rookie year and, yes, is going to land somewhere, is going to have many more opportunities um, to, to further his career. And it may be that he ends up in the Xfinity Series just based out of necessity. No open rides in the truck series. There are some in the Xfinity Series, and, and that's how that goes about. Um, there again with the starts he's had, he's just showed he has the talent. Uh, Daniel Dye. I was yes, I scrolled through our one. own notes. I just it, found it's Daniel it Dye. Yeah. Daniel Dye is going to be the number 43 uh, McAnally-Hilgerman uh, racing Chevrolet for next season. And then Christian Eckes, uh is shown there as well in the 19. Yep. So the, and, but before that, do they have a 16? No, the 16 no, was Hattori this year. Um, what happened to Derek Krause? That's who Christian Eckes, um Krause had been with him, like you said, from the West Series. And when they came into the Truck Series, Christian Eckes came over there, uh, was it last year or this year? Was this his first year with them? Um, yeah. Within the last year or two that um, they the, they moved on from Derek Krause. I don't know how else to put it. Um, if okay. they agreed, mutually agreed. Just to take it to that next level, although they got him there, it just didn't progress enough. And they brought in Christian Eckes. He's got the two victories and running for a championship. And I, I think adding Daniel Dye, but that's where we talked about it. And, I, and that's why I said I knew we had talked about it. That's why I should have gone there first, back to our, our own notes. Um, that moving that forward, that whether or not they'd have enough then to compete with that third team of Jake Garcia. Um, kind of felt like maybe he was going to be pushed out. And uh, it's unfortunate, but like I said, with the talent he's got, he's going to get another opportunity. Yes, indeed. Um, Tommy, your follow-up? I don't really have too much to add here other than, um, you know, it, like you just read, it sounds like he's already got his uh, – truck ride for next season just waiting for it to be announced and um yeah you know i don't really have much to add other than good luck next year okay it looks like uh derek's been racing part-time the number 27 silverado for young's motorsport and the number seven uh for spire motorsports in the truck series so um so he is still racing. It's just been on a part-time basis, I guess. So, okay. So uh, getting back to uh, Jake Garcia, yeah, I, I don't have much to add there. It was Daniel Dye that's coming into Hilgerman McAnally, McAnally Hilgerman Racing. And you're right, Jake. Uh, it's Christian Eckes this year that's been in uh, contention with this organization and doing quite well with his victories and being in the playoffs. So uh, I guess they're going to look to uh, Daniel Dye and see if he's able to get into the playoffs next season as well. So not a whole lot to add there <laughs> uh, other than where what happened to Derek Krause and where he's at now. So what do you, what's your wrap-up, Jay? When, when we look at it, uh, you know, we've talked about this on, on several different driver situations, manufacturers, whatever. You look forward to the future and excited about that, uh, you know, NASCAR, the tracks we get. But for something to come in 
something's got to go out. In this case, like I said, they're opting not to go with three three teams. Um, so with Daniel Dye coming in, Jake Garcia's got got to go out. Um, we'll hope the best for both of them. You know, wherever Jake Garcia mm-hmm. lands and ends up, uh, I see bright things for Daniel Dye as well. Um, unfortunate situation there again with GMS um, racing shutting down. Hope they find seats. Uh, a couple of them have. We've heard some announcements, some some that we haven't yet. But I do think, like I said, I think Jake Garcia will get a ride um, and continue to show his talent and build his racing future. And, and just to add here, uh, with regard to Derek Krause, we may not have seen the last of him. He's also uh, at working uh, with Colleague Racing and Legacy Motor Clubs as a simulator driver. So he's he's still there. He's just behind the scenes right now. And sometimes uh, these guys that are doing simulator driving uh, for other teams get that opportunity uh, to jump into a seat at some point in the future. So we may still hear something about Derek Krause somewhere down the road here too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear what his news is. Uh, let's Do we have time for one more, you think, or should we close it out? Do we have any more? Well, the one I said I thought you might want to bring up was the negotiations for the Chicago street race, if we can do that in one round. Yeah, let's uh, talk about that. Uh, The mayor, Brandon Johnson, uh, new mayor at uh, Chicago, came out and announced that they had a, a new deal, a better deal, uh, and uh, was looking forward uh, to having the Chicago Street Race back at, uh, somehow I can't find that now. Oh, here it is. Uh, to having that Chicago re- Street Race back at Chicago next year. Well, NAS- NASCAR came out and said, hold the phones. Uh, we're still negotiating. NASCAR and the city of Chicago have not yet signed an agreement on the second Chicago street race, despite Mayor Brandon Jones last week announcing a new and improved deal. And uh, the city official said that the city would have gone public once it finalized negotiations, but NASCAR wanted to announce its racing schedule. Um, And I guess it's on the racing schedule, so that's kind of a surprising. Uh, The city official announced we would have been happy to not have an announcement and to continue working on an agreement there. That announcement was solely based on needing to put something out there in the context of the overall schedule for 2024. The official Johnson administration is still working toward a final agreement, but it has commitments from NASCAR to reimburse the city for costs at future races. So just some interesting conversation there after the schedule came out saying that it was there. It sounds like there's still some behind-the-scenes negotiations uh, that still need to be worked out. Uh, So, Jay or Tommy, uh, do you guys have any thoughts with regard to that? Tommy, we'll start with you. Um, Yeah, I'm glad to see that Chicago has – changed its mind about the street course. I mean, that was a great race with um, SVG winning in his first start. And, you know, we talked about it like earlier in the year, how it didn't seem like Chicago was too enthused to be having it. And, 
you know, it was a, a success and, um, you know, glad to see. And, you know, the mayor at one time was talking about how they were going to see how it goes. And it just felt like they didn't want it back. And now that's changed. It seems like they do want it to come back. And, you know, and it's just great to see it because it was a great race. And I felt like it was never really given a shot. And now, you know, it put on a good show. And now people have changed their minds. So glad to see it. Jay? Well, this, this topic in race has been been a roller coaster from the beginning. It, obviously, an unknown from the NASCAR world side of it. Um, once they did announce it, it was supposedly a three-year deal. They had never done it, was going to try something new, and agree to a three-year deal. Then we hear that it may not be because uh, of its unknown how it works. In that, there was the changeover in leadership as far as the mayor uh, of Chicago. So there was the outgoing one was in favor. It's the one that signed the deal. The new one coming in was like, yeah, maybe not. They didn't. All they said for when the schedule came out was that they would be back next year. And there was question whether or not they'd fulfill the third year. Now we're getting this story of, yeah, we're all for it. We're doing negotiations and this and that. And then you got NASCAR going, hold up, wait a minute. So this has been a roller coaster all the way. I think it was a huge success. Um, yeah, had some bumps, had some weather. I mean, that happens everywhere. The fact that um, it did do so well, and I know we had the numbers on it of what it brought in as far as outside income to the city itself. Uh, I can't think of the right word, but you know, when, it, when a city gets to host a Super Bowl or WrestleMania or whatever it be, the amount of income it generates to the local economy. I think people really opened up to and was like, hey, this does affect our entire city. We may not be race fans. We may not be wrestling fans, but, and we may have to deal with it for the weekend when they're here, but it generates that amount of income for the city as a whole. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'll give up one weekend for my city to be better for the next five, 10 years off the money that's generated, you know, so you got to look at it from that perspective. And I know that's kind of what's going on. Same thing with the Nashville fairgrounds when you talk about returning to the fairgrounds yeah the people that live right there are saying yeah we don't want to have to deal with it this and that but it's what impact does it have on the city for long term and sometimes it takes you know being shown in black and white this will benefit you you just got to suffer with these little hiccups until we get to that exactly right and um uh, you know, it's on the schedule, so obviously NASCAR felt comfortable enough uh, to have it on the schedule. And I noticed the date on this is October 13th. When did the schedule come out? Uh, so this may be uh, already uh, taken care of. But uh, I thought it was interesting to see uh, that NASCAR kind of said, wait a minute there. Uh, there's still some behind-the-scenes uh, conversations here. Um, I was skeptical of this happening at Chicago for all the reasons that we've said. I, uh, but I think when you look at it in hindsight now, I think it was a huge success. And I do want to see them come back and do this again, and maybe if not for one year, for but for two years, 
uh, and and do it again and, and see how they can do it uh, under good weather conditions, hopefully next year. So uh, I, I hope that they work out whatever the bugs are and uh, that we do get to see this happen uh, for another year. So uh, at least, if not two more years. And I will say uh, I, I got some news from out of Las Vegas. Uh, they gave me hope that Chicagoland could still come back at some point in the future as well. We've been talking about that, and uh, I feel a little more confident uh, that that could be a possibility somewhere down the road here. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but we'll let that be our final conversation here tonight, and um, uh, we'll do our roundtable. Uh, Jay, do you want to start out there? All right. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Michael Hoosman, Mopar MJ8 on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram as well. Uh, happy to be on tonight. It was a lot of fun. I know uh, I said I wasn't up, real up to speed, but I do keep an ear out on, on NASCAR things as a whole, so I wasn't completely lost. But you said something you about, right. uh, yeah, that's right. It'll be all right. Um, Chicagoland Speedway, and it make, made me move. think of a line from a movie with Sylvester Stallone uh, called Lockup, where he's in prison. Nothing's dead until it's buried. So Chicagoland, <laughs> I know we have talked about it. Yes, it is. it has not been bulldozed, so there is still that possibility. I know uh, Jay was saying that they've already started a little bit of work over in uh, at Fontana, so I'm um, I'm anxious to follow along with what goes on there too. Okay, Tommy, your thoughts. I don't really yeah. have much more to add. Oh, oops. Sorry, I was on. Mute. I mean, you sign off. Oh, um, at since ninety five fan on Twitter, and uh, thank y'all for having me back. I uh, really appreciate it. Well, we always like having you on the show, Tommy, and I'm glad you were able to be on. Uh, I am Fan for Racing site on Twitter, Fan for Racing blog and radio everywhere else, including FanForRacing.com. We were able to play the entire media interview with Riley Herbst and his victory this weekend at uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I'm so glad I was there to see that. It's uh, been a long time coming. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to hear that interview, I would highly recommend it. I did get a chance to ask him a couple of questions. Uh, and, I, in fact, I wrote about it uh, at com. if you want to check that out. And uh, uh, just super happy to see uh, the victory for Riley Herbst. And uh, uh, he was pretty pumped about it. And uh, I was glad I, I was able to be there for it. Um, also, a big shout-out to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you, whether it's the podcast or our live broadcast on Monday nights. And uh, a shout-out to our Fan for Racing crew here tonight, uh, Sal Segala uh, for the review part of the show, Jay Huseman and Tommy Craft uh, here for the uh hot topic part of the show. Uh, you guys are always great. And, uh, Jay, I agree with you. I had a good time tonight on the show. Uh, I'm glad, Jay, I'm glad Sal and I uh, got, had a chance to kind of talk about uh, Riley's win because uh, we followed Riley from his Canon Pro Series days. Jay's fo- or Sal followed him even before that uh, in his uh, super late model days. 
and uh, maybe even his legends and and uh, go kart days. So I, I'm, I'm it, it was a fun show to do tonight, and uh, uh, I had a good time. So thanks everybody for all that you contribute to the show, and uh, we'll look forward to Jay and I being back on Thursday uh, to put together the podcast. For our preview of Homestead Miami, I think all three series are going to be racing this weekend. And uh, the ARCA series, the ARCA West, the only one left racing on the ARCA platform, they only have two races left in their season, and they'll uh, complete their season at Phoenix. So uh, we've got a lot to, to look forward to in the coming weeks. With that, I think we're ready to call it a wrap, guys. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Good night, everybody. Okay, we'll we'll see you back on Thursday, and enjoy uh, your week of uh, leading into Homestead. Good night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.